Hey guys, what's up? Welcome back to the Clinch Podcast. If you don't already know, my name is Shay and I am the host, obviously. <laughs> and I'm just a fan, just sharing my opinion as fans would. So don't yell at me if you don't agree with me. Let's just talk about it. We're in my theoretical or hypothetical living room. We're chilling on the couch. We're talking about fights. And if you yell at me in my own house, I will cry and kick you out. (laughs) I can't do that on the internet, obviously. But you get the point. Um, Let's just have a good time and talk about fights. So this week we had... UFC Vegas 38. I'm just going to open this up and just say, obviously, if you can't tell from the time, length, whatever, it's not going to be a very long episode. Um, there were some some fights that I really wanted to talk about, but overall, you know, not the best card ever, but at least there were fights. And I wasn't sad and not watching fights Saturday night. <laughs> so... The first one I wanted to talk about was Douglas Silva de Andrade versus Gaetano Perello. It was the first real eye-catcher of the night for me. Uh, you guys saw that really, like, exemplary, perfect left hook from Silva de Andrade. Um, some, you know, classic work and, you know, way to get the job done in a powerful way, a, a classic way. You know, not exactly like the star, like wow factor, you know, but still powerful. A lot of credit to give. Um, he had great form. He, you know, not the most sparky fight, but, you know, I was glad to see it be the fight that the night kind of picked up at. And the next one that we have is Jamie Malarkey versus Javante Smith. Um, this fight really picked it up for me too. A lot of guys on the card that night that I wasn't too familiar with, but was definitely put on to quite a few of them. Uh, Smith's striking was really nice to watch. I really think in that first round that the striking was the first of the night, I guess, to me at least, that had like an eye-catching style, an eye-catching performance I guess and his flurries were really interesting because he threw each strike with like an intention to close which obviously that is the intention when you're throwing combinations but they they weren't necessarily classic combinations that he put together before and um, then through them but more so just combinations where you could tell it was like quick thinking um, but still placing them carefully and I think that's another thing that I like to I try to notice when I'm watching a fighters is just looking at their combinations and seeing if there's a difference between oh I have drilled this many many times before so I just kind of know what to do versus the fighter putting it together in the heat of the moment and I know that on the outside it could look like those are the same things But the key difference between the two is it being second nature to a fighter and them kind of just like mindlessly, not in a bad way, but like mindlessly throwing these combinations versus a fighter who 
uses like quick thinking and quick processing time to put it together in the moment. And I think none, neither is greater than the other. I do prefer to see fighters put it together in the octagon versus, um, you know, seeing a guy who looks like he just got out of sparring and he's just drilling what he learned that day or what he was working on that day. He or she, whatever. You guys know you're all dudes to me. So, (laughs) Um, but yeah, so I'd rather see someone's thought process. That's like one of my favorite things. I know I have a lot of favorite things, but really um, one of my favorite things in watching fights is being able to see a thought process. You know, so it doesn't look so much like a fighter just knows how to do it because they've drilled it. Like, I love seeing fighters think and seeing how they can piece everything together on a whim. And I think, honestly, maybe that does give them an advantage because they're thinking about where to place each shot rather than, you know, maybe one fighter is like, okay, I'm going to throw... A jab, a hook, and a cross, whatever. The way that their opponent is moving isn't going to guarantee that they land all of those shots. And of course, I know that they're throwing those with the intention to land at least two out of three, at least one out of three of those. But I think where the advantage lies in the fighters who use that quick thinking, quick processing is that they're thinking, okay, I'm going to throw a jab because it's going to land here. And then they think in like less than a split second, like, okay, my, my opponent's here now. Now I'm going to throw a hook, you know? So it's, it's things like that that are so subtle and, you know, make up a part of what makes certain fighters so great. Now, (laughs) with all that being said, I know that Smith lost, but I just thought that was important to look at in the grand scope of watching fighters period and not so much you know smith himself but definitely something to look at because i'm telling you i know i sound crazy but if you watch fighters you can so tell the difference if you really pay attention i'm i'm sorry also if i sound um, nasally i'm pretty sure i do i hear myself but um my allergies have been really bad so i'm so sorry <laughs> But ultimately, obviously, Jamie Malarkey was able to bring it back in a very big way. He found his opening and seized it just like he needed to. And obviously, I was really pulling for Devontae, but still really satisfying fight to watch regardless of that. Next, we have Betch Korea versus Carol Rosa. And I'm only really mentioning it just because I thought Carol Rosa did a really great job. Um, obviously, it was Betch's uh, retirement fight, you know, but I, I want to talk about, like, the actual fight for a second. So, Carol's striking was pretty controlled, and, you know, it just made Betch's performance make it seem like she wasn't really involved. Um, there was a definite disconnect as has been a theme <laughs> for her in the last in her last like season of competing if you will a disconnect between her and her opponents her and her training um you know it seems to be more of like just like a mental a part of the mental game you know um and that second round towards the end was very scary for Korea but you know obviously 
obviously fantastic for Rosa. <laughs> I think it was more than a fair decision, and it made me... But overall, it made me really interested in Carosa and who she's going to get next. I don't necessarily feel like Betchfreya is a gatekeeper by any means, so, you know, we might see that sort of matchup for Carol next, and, you know, I'm, I'm hoping to see, you know, the same performance against a better fighter so that, you know, she could be validated. I mean, she's, you know, validated. She doesn't need validation for me, you know, like I'm a piece of food on the sidewalk, but, you know, like the, just a showcase of skills, that kind of thing. Um, next, we have uh, Casey O'Neill versus Antonina Shevchenko. Um, Casey, she's just a striking marvel. Like, just absolutely just awesome. The ground pound in round two was very, very vicious. And I think that she is coming up in a really violent way. And honestly, <laughs> you know, I, I do see some hype rising around her and stuff. But, like, if you're not paying attention yet, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, these last, I think, three fights that I've seen her compete in, um, she's just been absolutely vicious and monstrous. You know, I really think that next they need to put her on a pay-per-view. I, I really think that she deserves it, you know, possibly even, like, the main card. Maybe that's crazy. I don't know. But that's what I would want to see. I think she'd bring it, depending on who her opponent is. It could be a really, really good fight. Or it could be, you know, Casey, again, dominating somebody. <laughs> and... You know, by deserves, I don't want anyone to think, like, I think I have an authority to say that. I absolutely don't, you know. Um, but by deserves, I don't, like, necessarily mean the training and all that, even though I know that's definitely a part of it, 100%, a huge part of it. But she understands that she has to perform and bring that star power and personality to a fight to uh, skyrocket herself. So I think that is one of the big keys in and how you're portrayed as a fighter in the UFC is understanding what it takes to be at that level and not, you know, solely focusing on talent, which is sad. It is very sad, you know, that that's not enough, you know, but we live in a world of entertainment and, you know, the sooner you realize that, the sooner that you're able to really excel in the way that you want to. So next we have Alexander Hernandez versus Mike Braden. Not a lot of notes here. I just wanted to shine some light on just how much of a lunatic Alexander looked like in there in a good way. You know, not a second or a strike was wasted. He placed that overhand right perfectly. And it was just a great short and sweet night for him. <laughs> and I was thoroughly entertained. Um... And I was even more entertained by this next fight that I thought was probably my favorite of the night. Has to have been my favorite of the night. And of course, that is Nico Price versus Alex Oliveira. Fully, fully expected a banger from both of these guys. It was such a cool display of like new blood grit versus old school grit. Because you have Nico and, you know, he's not exactly like a newbie newbie. But definitely, you know, more so than Alex. And so it was like just a display of like 
men with the same mentality but different style if that makes sense like they're both rowdy they're both crazy wild they throw just insane things but the spirit is different um go back and watch the fight if you don't know what i'm talking about i promise you'll see it or maybe i'm just crazy um i'm glad you go in the first and cowboy won the second round because it just shows the back and forthness that i don't know if that's a real word but it is tonight. <laughs> it's uh, just it just shows the back and forth that we all expected, and you know round three was definitely my favorite round. I think it was everyone's favorite round. <laughs> um, it, damn, just such a good fight. I definitely will go and watch that back just because it's one of those that you know they're gonna show the highlight reels in both men's next fights, and and I also I don't think I found out why Alex is crying on. Like, when he was walking out, I'm not sure if they interviewed him about that, if he, like, clarified. But if any of you know what the story is behind that, definitely let me know for sure. So next, we have Kevin Holland versus Kyle Dawkins. And I'm not even going to lie. I was pretty sad. I was, I was really, really sad. Just, that's not how I... That's not how anyone wanted that fight to end, of course, you know, and I love Kevin so much. He, I just saw a story that he, like, stopped a guy from stealing a car and, like, stayed with him until the cops got there. I'm like, that is just so adorable. <laughs> like, that is just so cool. He, and he said something, like, he's the friendly neighborhood, whatever, and he really is, like, the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Like, he, you know, he... It's just like this knucklehead that just enjoys doing whatever he's doing in the moment that he's doing it. Um, cool dude, and you know he's fun to watch win or lose. Uh, Dacus started off very safe, I think, but you know picked it up after the second round. After I think it was Mergliata who was roughing the fight. After he broke it up, and um, they were in that clinch situation, and you know Kevin's as tough as they come. And it was really rough to see him try, try so hard not to tap. And, you know, was just actively thinking of ways to escape there at the very end. And I was really sad to see that, like, it was a no contest, even though it could, I'm not sure if that's, like, better or worse than a loss for Kevin. I'm not sure how he views that, you know. But I, I think he was a really good sport about it. But, on like... Honestly, that headbutt was for sure giving an advantage to Kyle. And I'm not just saying that because I'm biased, which I am. But, <laughs> you know, I'm not saying it because of that, you know. And I don't think that Mariliata was correct in saying that Kevin started fighting back immediately. That's not exactly what I saw. It was clearly lights out for a split second after that clash of heads. But what do I know? <laughs> you know, he was in there. I wasn't. You know, and everything else for Dawkins, you know, like don't want to take anything away from him at all like everything he did was smart and he got the tap fair and square but I still think they, I still think that it wasn't like a crystal clear win obviously um in reviewing it and also on paper because it was no contest um I really wanted to see more from this fight and I'm sure everyone did <laughs> you know everyone wants to see a good Kevin Holland fight uh I just know that he's taken a lot of steps to improve and, you know, he didn't get a chance to really showcase that in the fight. So I'm hoping, 
but he didn't take too much damage so he can get back in there soon so we so that we can see that i am really excited to see his improvements and it just sucks that that's how it ended but it's my game most unpredictable sport in the world uh next we have the final fight tiago santos versus johnny walker and it started off slower than i anticipated you know but I guess that, in like a sense, can be predicted with two power strikers who really respect one, another, one another's power. Obviously, that pace, um, more so, like on and off, but like more so carried on throughout the entire fight. The second round did have a much better pace, I thought. You know, and both men were better at finding their range, even though I think Johnny had the edge. Tiago still seemed to be a bit more reserved with getting in there, but I think that was more so out of the respect of Johnny's power, not so much that he couldn't get in there, which, you know, definitely understandable. I know that he was taking his time to think and strike, which I totally respect, but like in the meantime, and the downside for Tiago in that was that Johnny utilized that time to score points and throw some really beautiful strikes. And obviously, you know, Johnny lost, but I think neither one of those men wanted that fight to go that way. And unfortunately, <laughs> you know, it was more lackless than anyone anticipated. You know, and I think that maybe a potential fight with uh, Yuri. Is it Jerry? Yuri? Rowaska. I think that would be a good fight if Tiago brings Tiago. I don't think that we saw um, the performance he wanted to show for sure in that fight. So if he brings his like wild side to that Proaska fight, I think that would be a crazy banger, like an insane, crazy, crazy, crazy banger. So I'm hoping they book it. A lot of people are like, oh, well, you know, maybe, you know, Tiago shouldn't be calling out Proaska with the performance he just put on. And I disagree. I think that if you're a fighter and you know that you just put on a lackless fight, you're going to want to go and call out someone you know isn't going to let you do that. <laughs> you know, nothing to bash Johnny at all. You know, Johnny's still, you know, in that process of learning, that transition period with his, you know, the John Kavanaugh and, you know, wherever weird combination by the way but anyways um i think that johnny has some different growing and learning to do whereas tiago is doing the smart thing by calling out someone who's not going to allow him to take his time or keep a steady pace that's not gonna that's not gonna happen in, in a fight if he's booked with Brasco. so I think it's a smart move. I think that they should book it and we'll see, <laughs> you know, obviously what improvements are going to be made next. That's always the thing I look forward to in, in fights where, you know, fighters don't perform how they want to is the next fight because usually the next fight is quite the banger. So, <laughs> um, just some new matchups. I think they just released the... Uh, final quarter of the year matchup. So, uh, final quarter and first quarter of next year, I apologize. Uh, we have Derek Lewis versus uh, Chris Dawkins. A uh, great fight in the making, hopefully. 
uh, Rob Font versus Jose Aldo. That should be a crazy, crazy, crazy fight. Um, Max Holloway versus uh, Yair. Yeah, I don't know why I said it like that. Yair. Like I'm trying to say it with a country accent. I'm sorry. Uh, Yair Rodriguez. Um, that one should be great. I'm always a good time watching Max fight. I don't get the the hate around him. I don't I don't understand why anyone could dislike Max. You know, that's always a banger for me. And we also I have not seen the UFC confirm this yet, but I'm pretty sure they're just waiting. But the Dustin Poirier um signed a contract. I'm Assuming to fight Charles Oliveira for the belt. Finally, I think this is the best move to make. Um, an opportunity for Justin to win that belt back. And, you know, to get McMuffin Man out of the picture. You know, he's he's just always whining on Twitter and everywhere. He's always hitting people. So I'm ready for McMuffin to shut up. I'm sure he'll be extra loud that night, but... The night will be about Charles Oliveira versus Justin Poirier. And I think that's an absolutely insane matchup. And I'm very, very excited for it. So that is all I have for you guys tonight. I know it's a very short episode and I'm so sorry. Um, but I work with what I got. So thank you guys for listening again. And I really appreciate everyone who tunes in every week and when you share with your friends, um, a, a really cool way for you guys to help is wherever you're listening, if you could like leave a review or like a star rating, that would really, really help. I really want to start, you know, being able to gain resources for this podcast so that I can start growing it. I really, you know, think it's time for me to like grow this bigger and, you know, still keep it, keep it like, you know, you guys are at my house and we're chilling talking about fights vibe. You know, but just more opportunities to have guests on here to have just work on a lot, a lot of cool things. So um, a good way to help. Like I said, just leave a review or leave a star. And I am eternally grateful for it. Thank you guys again. I appreciate it. And I'll catch you next time. Oh, by the way, not a star. Not one star, but like maybe a few stars. However stars you want to give me, but just not one, please. Thanks! Now we can go fight.